The Horse and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast daily Tokyo special, supported by Toggy. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor here at Horse and Hound. When I say here, I currently mean in Tokyo. I am here with my colleague Polly Bryan. How are you, Polly? Hi, Pippa. Yes, I'm well, thank you. And we've had a good day today, haven't we? Because the uh, eventing kicks off here in Tokyo, which I know you are very, very excited about. Why don't you start off and tell us what happened? Yep, I am, as you say, very excited. Eventing is my primary sport because I'm Horse and Hands eventing editor as well as magazine editor. And today was the first day of eventing dressage. We had two sessions, one in the morning and one in the evening, a long break between them, obviously giving the horses the best of the weather, the coolest parts of the day. And it was very exciting, Polly, because at the end of the day, Britain hold the team and individual gold spots. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It was a it was a slightly strange day because the two British riders were actually both in one way or another slightly disappointed by their tests or their marks. And yet at the end of the day, the Brits are in the lead with two riders having gone from each team, three riders to a team, of course. Um, and Oliver Townend is holding the individual gold spot. That's so interesting. But but Oliver and, uh, and Laura Collett, who's the other Brit who rode today, they're both very strong in the dressage section, aren't they? Absolutely. So we were both we were hoping for great tests from both of them. Oliver was the first out for the British team this morning. He was the second rider into the arena. He scored 23.6 with Ballamore class. It was a really solid test. There were no mistakes at all. The horse kept in a good outline all the way through just professional they just went through that really ticked the boxes he's a beautiful gray horse very rangy and Oliver said afterwards that he was very happy with the horse he knows that he's a special horse and he's grateful to have him there and to be doing a clear round as he said and it's a very safe test as he put it Oliver admitted that being the pathfinder wouldn't be sort of his his favorite position in the team that for himself he would have wanted a slightly lower mark which is something he maybe would have got in a later session because however hard the judges try to stay the same sometimes they can get a bit more carried away in the later sessions I'm not sure we did see that today to be honest but just to finish on Oliver's test yeah I think 23 was a very solid starting mark for the team and and that was very much what Oliver said I actually think that the scoring stayed really consistent through the day today, Polly, because at the end of the day, Oliver was in the lead. That's really impressive, isn't it, from second draw? Um, we weren't really expecting it, even though it was a very good test. We were talking about it and you were you were sort of saying there were not a lot of people, but a couple of people you did expect to, to go ahead of him over the course of the day, weren't you? Yeah, if you'd asked me first thing in the morning where I expected Oliver to finish the day, I probably would have said third or fourth rather than first, if you'd asked me after his test. One of the riders I was expecting to go ahead of him was the second British team rider, Laura Collett. She had a slightly disappointing ride on London 52. Her eventual score was 25.8 for individual fourth. So not a bad score at all. And as she said, a lot of people would have been delighted by that. But you have to put this in context, the fact that Laura has done a 21 and a 20.5 in her past two international tests on London 52. So she was hoping, I think we were all hoping for something better than that. And he just sort of shrank a little bit in the arena, which is the way the horse used to be when he was less confident as a younger horse. And he just didn't show him off himself off to his best advantage today, which was a real pity. You know, Polly, you were standing with me watching him and I said, mm. I really value your opinion with your dressage editor hat on you know I've written a lot about his tests and I'd like to know what you think and 
you know, the first thing you said was, is that meant to be extended or medium trot? As you went across the first diagonal and I said extended and you were like, mm, it looks a bit modest. And, you know, you were absolutely right. He just didn't show his best today. Yeah, it was it was it was really interesting coming from um, obviously the, the end of the pure dressage um, just a couple of days ago and, and coming into the eventing dressage today. And of course, it is it's a very different game. And obviously the horses, you know, are a very different type. The test is, is of course, very different in so many ways. Um, it's very, very short. <laughs> but no, it was it was really interesting for me to watch those horses. Like like we said, I was expecting to see a little bit more from London, but um, you know, there's there's still some days to come. There's plenty more plenty more eventing yet to go. <laughs> yeah, there absolutely is. And of course, all the British team are Olympic mm. debutants. So this was you know first time in that Olympic arena for Laura and Oliver. Laura did actually have a chance to get something of the Olympic experience back in 2008, and a couple of weeks ago we had a chat with her about that. I feel very fortunate to have gone to Beijing and Hong Kong Olympics back in 2008 as part of the British Olympic Ambitions Programme. It was an incredible experience. We got to go to the equestrian venue in, in Hong Kong and got shipped over to, to Beijing to see the Olympic Village. And, you know, walking into there with all these incredible athletes was such an eye-opening experience for me. And I feel like I, I learned so much about the how the Olympics works because it's so different to any other event that we're used to. You know, there's there's so many amazing athletes there and everyone's there for the same reason. Um, and I think if I hadn't have been and experienced that, it, I would have that real eye-opening experience when, when it really matters. So I'm, I'm very grateful to, to have had that opportunity back in 2008. So, Pippa, why don't you tell us a bit about the other riders who particularly impressed you today? Yes, definitely. So, lying second individually is China's Alex Huatian with Don Janeiro. I've known Alex since he was a kid, when he was eight or nine years old. He used to come and ride at Lucinda and Clayton Frederick's yard, where I was a working pupil. So, dating both of us a bit there. Alex is about <laughs> 10 years younger than me. But he's a rider who's been around a long time now. You know, he went to the 2008 Olympics as the youngest event rider there, getting a place for China as the host nation. He was incredibly young. He took a year out of Eton to ride at that Games and then went back to school afterwards. Since then, of course, he's sort of really set himself up as a professional rider based in Britain still, of course. And he's got a really different situation this time compared to his two previous Games, that 2008 one, and he was in Rio 2016 because he's actually sort of the leader of a Chinese team this this time, for the first time, the first Chinese eventing team to qualify for a game. So riding not just for himself, but also for that team with the lovely chestnut Don Janeiro, who was in the top 10 at Rio. He can be, he's a very talented horse. He can be a tense horse. And Alex said he did really well today because he can be a horse who really struggles with cameras around an arena. And mm -hmm. I think he said there were five around the arena today, but he held it together. And I thought it was quite noticeable how much more relaxed he was in the canter than the trot. Although Alex says he always has a spook in one particular movement and half the time he changes legs. So although he had the spook today, he was happy that he didn't change legs and held it together. But I thought overall the quality of his work and his relaxation 
was better in the mm-hmm. canter. So he's just 0.3 of a mark behind Oliver. Oh, really close. I really enjoyed his test as well. I did watch his test and I thought, oh, yes, this is a nice one. We've actually had that horse come through our, our dressage highlights pages in the in the past, ridden by Alex's partner, Sarah, who is a dressage rider. So I have come across him before. Um, there was there was another rider who I think impressed all of us by finishing pretty high up the leaderboard, wasn't there, Pippa? Yep, definitely. So I've decided that he's my crush of the game so far. <laughs> so Indian rider Fuad Mirza, he is lying in equal seventh place on a score of 28. And I completely underestimated this rider. I don't mind admitting it. He's got a horse called Senor just known as senior here at the Olympics because of the rules around horses' names and prefixes and suffixes at the Olympics. But he, don't be fooled, he is senior Medicot, the horse who won so much at the four-star level with Bettina Hoy and now is with Fuad. And I sort of thought, oh, he's a lovely horse. It's a shame to see him with a rider from a sort of less experienced nation. But actually, Fuad rode him beautifully and I mm. felt quite ashamed for underestimating him he came out and said he could have done more he felt with such a good horse he could have asked for more pushed for more but I thought he rode a brilliant test and he was also absolutely charming and came into the mix zone with this brilliant smile told us his whole backstory he was studying in Britain at at one stage then ended up ditching university to concentrate on horses so he moved to Germany started training with Bettina Hoy that was the connection through which he came to ride Signor Bettina then got very busy she was the trainer to the Dutch team so he ended up switching allegiances as such to another German rider and actually now trains with Sandra Alforth, who's riding on the German team here, but he's based with her. Didn't he say that he rang uh, Sandra while she was competing at WEG in 2018 to ask if uh, if she would train him I love that yeah he did say that and I wasn't quite sure when he told the story whether he knew she was there and he just didn't care about interrupting <laughs> her in the middle of a competition or whether he totally didn't realize but yes that is absolutely the story that he told us oh um and so what about uh, other riders anyone anyone surprise you good or bad today yeah so just talking about Sandra there referring to her training Fuad She was really disappointing today for me. um, She is a rider who I felt had a shot at individual medals and, of course, part of the very strong German team here. And she had some really costly mistakes at the beginning of her canter work. The one part of this test that I actually don't like, Polly, is the strike-off into canter, where the horses strike off into counter-canter. Oh, yeah, we chatted about that during the day, didn't we? Oh, it just doesn't look very elegant or pretty and it certainly requires a lot of technical skill and to have your horse in a very good balance but it's not it's not the most attractive thing to watch is it and I imagine the riders possibly don't don't love it that much either yeah I don't really like it as a movement and Sandra struck off on the wrong leg she struck off on true canter as such rather than into counter canter and the thing that all the riders are saying about this new test a special olympic test is that it's very intense. Everything comes up very quickly. You're essentially doing all the movements of a sort of four or five star test, but in just under four minutes. And having had that wrong strike off, she then had a problem in her next change because of which comes up quickly. She then, because that change was late, had a problem in the next change. So I think she was probably penalised essentially in three movements for what was really just one mistake. And it ended up being so costly. I'm just scrolling down the list here now to find Sandra. And she is lying 27th at the end of the day on a score of 34.1. So not where she would want to be and German team out of the top three at this stage. Mm, Unusual to see them down the order, isn't it? 
It is. And of course, her um, her compatriot, Julia Krajewski, is sitting third individually. So she had a pretty good day. And they do have another rider to come tomorrow who we'll talk about a little later. But Polly, I want to find out what you've been doing today. I think you've been on the sort of Tales from Tokyo beat today. Who have you been speaking to? Oh, yes, I have. I've had a really lovely time down in the mix zone talking to, as you did um, for some of the early dressage days, talking to some of the riders who maybe, you know, people don't know quite so much about, who don't finish quite so high up the leaderboard, um, but who have some really fantastic stories and really came across some good ones today. Oh, there's a lot that I would actually quite like to talk about, but um, we don't have an awful lot of time, so I'll have to rein it in a little bit. Pick two, pick two. Okay, so one girl who I think um, you... You were also there to hear her story um, as well. And we both really sort of fell in love with was the Polish rider. And I'm definitely going to pronounce this incorrectly. So I apologize in advance. Malgazata Sibulska. And she uh, she actually did finish relatively, relatively high up the leaderboard, I think. She was riding the um, Chestnut Gelding Chinaro. And she had, well, two aspects of her story that made her particularly interesting. Um, she got the horse as a five-year-old and she really didn't get off to the best start with him. She, uh, she, she described it as saying that he always just wants to party, always just wanted to party as a, as a young horse. And she said she really, really didn't like him and she was actually quite afraid of him but but they obviously did form a partnership over time they actually competed together at the junior and younger rider europeans margazata is only 23 years old and she actually went to the senior european championships in 2019 when she still would have been eligible to go to the young rider euros which is really really impressive actually we've had a couple of riders in dressage who have done that when they could have gone to the under 25s but to go age just 21 that really is impressive and what makes it even more impressive is that she actually had um, a spinal operation earlier that year in 2019 for discopathy um, which she had suffered with since she was 12 it was a, it's a sort of degenerative condition I believe with the discs in your spine and um, it had got to the point she said where she she certainly couldn't ride and she could barely walk and she was sort of risking losing the feeling in her legs so she had an operation um, which thankfully went very very well and um, and has really just been on the up since then and it was so lovely to hear how excited and happy she was to to be at an Olympics her first Olympics yeah definitely and as she said she's a very tall girl and that maybe contributed to these spinal problems that she had and which hopefully she's now getting over. Right, Polly, I'm letting you pick one more Tails. One more. Okay, well, it has to be the one-eyed horse. Um, it just has to be. And that is the ride of Sweden's Theresa Wicklund, uh, Visera. And um, this is a lovely bay mare who again did did a smart test today. And she does only have one eye. She is missing her eye um, on the left side, which I sort of thought maybe wouldn't be all that noticeable because she's quite, you know, she's quite a dark bay mare. No, no, it definitely is. <laughs> but the remarkable thing is she's been missing this eye now for, for sort of two or three years. But Teresa says that she just... It just doesn't affect her in any way. She said she was quite nervous taking her cross country after the procedure to remove the eye after uvitis that she'd suffered for, from for, for a few years. She said she was obviously understandably very nervous going cross country on her, but that she just, you know, popped everything as normal, you know, didn't go any differently. And since then, they've really been flying. Um, they were a really fantastic partnership. And Teresa was just full of so much love for her horse and said so many lovely things. It was really lovely chatting with her. Hmm, and she's ninth at the end of today, and we should mention mm. that 
Her teammate Louise Romaika holds equal seventh with Fuad, and Sweden sitting second to Britain at this early stage of the competition. Of course, another session of dressage to come tomorrow, and we'll be back in just a second to talk about that. The Horse and Hand Podcast Daily Tokyo Special is supported by Toggy. Shop the sport, outdoor and British equestrian Team GBR collection at toggy.com. Technical, tested, trusted Toggy. So Pippa, tell us what we can expect from tomorrow. So we have one more British rider, Tom McEwen. He is riding the lovely Toledo de Cursa. This is a pair who are really on form. I mean, all the Brits are. But Tom won the final trial at Bicton. And I would say that if the horse and Tom have had a weakness through the years they've been at the top level, it's been the dressage. That's It's harsh to say that they have had a weakness at all. They're, you know, they're a pair who contributed to World Team Gold in 2018. They're five-star winners. But he's always been a super jumper who you couldn't say he struggled on the flat, but has mainly, but it has been a tiny weakness for him. At the WEG in 2018, I think a lot of people missed the fact that Tom could have been an individual medalist, but for the fact mm-hmm. that he missed one of his changes in the dressage. And it was almost like a stumble, I think, to be honest. It wasn't really a mistake by horse or rider that led to that. So it's l- been lovely to see him getting those strong scores since then and particularly this year. So I am really hopeful for Tom's test tomorrow. And we did catch up with Tom a couple of weeks ago to talk about Toledo this is what he said about his performance in the first phase with Toledo in the dressage he's really been pulling out some great marks recently and sort of on an upward trajectory of, of marks really well downward whichever way you look at it and the scores are getting better and better he's getting much more flow to his test getting much more lift especially in the, in the forehand and really he's such a presentable horse he's, he's, he's lovely to ride obviously he doesn't have a 10 for a walk and that's that's quite clear and obvious to see but actually this the olympic test does really suit his way of going and with the heat out there um sort of it's an unknown to us i mean we had a lovely week at victor but apart from that it's pretty much rained so i think with that it might help with the relaxation in the walk and yeah everything else he's, he's got every single movement in there it's just me putting them together now oh so lovely to hear from tom there so pippa who else are you looking forward to tomorrow um, obvious one, but the German superstar Michael Young, he comes mm. here as the reigning Olympic champion, having won at the past two games. Riding a different horse this time, of course, a horse called Chipmunk FRH, who used to be ridden by his teammate, Julia Krajewski, who we talked about riding earlier today. Michael's had the horse for a couple of years. They've formed a really strong partnership. They took the individual silver at the European Championships in 2019, and I definitely expect to see them challenging for the lead and dragging Germany up the leaderboard tomorrow. Yeah, we're definitely expecting Germany a lot higher than they are now, wouldn't we? Definitely, yeah. So, Pippa, the just as there was in the pure dressage, there's been a few a few shakeups to the format, hasn't there? Especially with the eventing dressage, it's a brand new test written especially for the this games, as we've as we've mentioned um, a little bit already. But tell us a bit more about it and how it's been playing out on the first day of dressage. Yeah, it is a new test. It's a new short test designed to sort of make the sport more user and fan friendly. I have to say, I was expecting the breaks between riders to be shorter. With that in mind, they are still six minutes, which is still a fairly you know, considerable amount of time. That said, it does feel like we are absolutely rattling through these mm. sessions. Like The breaks are so short that for us with chatting to riders, 
there is literally no break. By the time we finish with the last couple of riders from the previous session, the next horse is in, which is completely fine. I'm sure it's good for fans um, watching on the telly at home. Obviously, sadly, none here in the stadium. But yeah, we've already had two riders out of the three in each team. Obviously, only three to a team. And that's led to some interesting conversations with riders mm. in the mix zone already about tactics. And that's something we'll be talking about a bit more on tomorrow night's podcast, looking forward to the cross country. We talked to some riders today who had different reactions to being the pathfinder for their team as well. Not only Oliver, as I mentioned earlier, but also Alex Huatian, the Chinese rider. I would maybe have expected to see him be the anchor man for China in the last lot as the most experienced. But he said actually he wanted to go early in the day, bearing in mind the heat on cross country. His ride, Don Janeiro, is not a blood horse. And he felt he'd be giving him the best chance going in the coolest part of the day. And that actually worked for the team. He hopes he can go out give everyone else confidence with a strong round. Another rider I spoke to today was Doug Payne for the American team. He said that his ride, Van Diver, is quite unconventional in the way he goes cross country. And therefore, he felt that he wouldn't benefit much from watching other riders, whereas the later riders in his team, the others who are Boyd Martin and Philip Dutton, could gain more intelligence from watching other riders. So it made sense for him to go out first. So some really interesting chats there about about those things. Oh, that's so, yeah, it is so fascinating to hear people's thoughts on the order in which the team goes. And what about the substitution rule? Has that come into play yet, Pippa? So sort of is the answer, Polly. <laughs> Basically, we have this substitution rule in this competition where riders, a combination can be substituted at a cost of penalties between phases. Teams can substitute until two hours before the dressage with no penalty. And that did happen after the trot up yesterday for two teams. One of the teams that this did come into play for was the Irish team, who very sadly decided to withdraw Carl Daniel's lovely little chestnut mare, Riergan Rua, the individual bronze medalist of the 2019 Europeans. She was withdrawn for veterinary reasons and Austin O'Connor and Colorado Blue brought into the team. Um, it's worth noting that Carl and Riergan Rua do remain the reserve and alternate combination and they can be called upon if required later in the competition. The statements end only if the veterinary report improves is what sort of the, the Horsepot Ireland statement said on that front. So an interesting one there. That is a really big blow for Ireland. They had two riders out today. Sam Watson, who was a bit disappointed with his score and Austin O'Connor, who was a bit disappointed with his test. So not, neither of them delighted and not a good day for the Irish with that problem for, for Carhol, meaning probably their best combination coming out but we will see their final rider Sarah Ennis tomorrow oh looking forward to seeing Sarah well Pippa I think our listeners are going to be uh, as desperate to hear what we've been up to in our little Tokyo life as um, as finding out about the actual action so um, what should we chat about today I think I think it's got to be the bakery that um, that we've both been enjoying over the last couple of days which is is the only place we're allowed to go to during our first 14 days because it's actually part of our hotel so it's it's fully within the rules and we have been I, I've been enjoying it for a couple of days and you you discovered it for the first time yesterday didn't you it's been quite a revelation yeah so uh, our schedules have been with being slightly different Polly's has allowed her to go to the bakery and I've uh, encouraged her to bring me a few treats each time she's gone <laughs> On. but my goodness I went there myself yesterday and I wanted to have a look at it and my, they have so many different things there Polly obviously had recommended some and some I'd sampled <laughs> myself through Polly's kindness and bringing them to me but they have all these kind of pastry animals with kind of you know had a cat with cream in it I think oh, and I had a so delicious <laughs> I had a melon turtle today um so I have to say if you're only allowed to go to one shop the bakery is not a bad one to be allowed to visit yep. 
and they also do pretty good coffee as well which has been a bit of a saving grace for me um so yeah been very much enjoying the bakery recently yeah polly says they now know her coffee order so she feels they totally do. at home she's never leaving <laughs> tokyo <laughs> Oh. oh well Polly we will be back tomorrow to talk about the second day and third and final session of eventing dressage it is early in the morning for us here 8.30am even earlier for you guys at home in Britain but if you don't want to get up and watch it all you can of course catch up on the Horse and Hound website when you wake up don't forget also that today being Friday our regular weekly podcast is out there's an interview with show rider Katie Jerem Hannibal Polly and I review the Olympic dressage and much much more but for now thank you for listening to the Horse and Hound podcast daily Tokyo special supported by Toggy 